Did you ever hear of the, the the game Soggy Biscuit? No. This is a game that I was told about in school. I never played it, obviously. Bunch, a bunch of mates all try and uh, wank onto a biscuit, and the last person to to achieve that has to eat it. <laughs> ever heard of that? Ever crossed your path? <laughs> no. I was told of another one. Um, oh that God! I think it was called Mum. As Paul kept uh, wanking on about some bullshit, the, I couldn't help but wonder, was this voiceover adding anything to the audience's understanding, or was this podcast <laughs> becoming a pod farce? It's not much to do in does anything without full-time help. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Lawrence of your labia. <laughs> you could be Lawrence of my labia, any vagina. It's very smart. Get up in the pussy! <laughs> get get up in me pussy! She says. <laughs> What's the tagline for Sex in the City 2? <laughs> Sex in the City 2. Get up in there! <laughs> get up me crack. Have one. I love Kim Cattrall's new accent. <laughs> so sultry well i think she's getting kind of bored in the role so i think she needs to try and spice it up for herself and so she's gone for a really <laughs> awful northern man <laughs> i want so much fucking estrogen don't know whether i'm coming or going tell tell me what <laughs> these these blooming hormones <laughs> can't get me fatty wet for love nor money i tell you <laughs> you try and get it up there but oh it's like digging through through mine with hands you know what? I did think to myself earlier, I guess the English equivalent of Sex in the City is the sex lives of potato men, and I think we've now proven that. <laughs> we've proven that by telling salacious jokes about poor Kim Cattrall. <laughs> Horrible northern man. <laughs> Legendary, awful man, Kim Cattrall. Oh, welcome back, everyone, to a whole new decade. A whole new decade of this. <laughs> Ten more. Shit. It's like hell. Ten more things. An infinity, oh, an infinity of OGT pods. Imagine. What if we were just the two people who didn't die? What if it was fucking us? Of what, everyone? like a reverse just... Dorian Gray podcast? <laughs> it's just God decides, no, these two, these are the two that I think <laughs> should live for eternity, carrying on with what they're doing. God isn't even a big fan. Just, uh... <laughs> he just decides. I like the cut of their jib. He goes with his gut quite a lot, God. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, so do we. But unfortunately, our guts have been ruled out of any decision-making process for the next four weeks because it's another Recommendations Month. Who boy. Yes, this recommendation comes from the think mouth of David Zangoris, gentleman friend of Jen Blundell, who's flung a few hard turds our way, as well as judged the first episode of Film Tool Combat. As for David... Ah. He speaks 88 languages, including business English. Uh, we met on a fencing holiday. We were facing off against one another, and he beat me 30 foils to none. And uh, as he pushed that final point into my armpit, he grabbed me by the teeth and whispered, I got you, you fuck. Uh, it was the worst fucking holiday I've ever had. <laughs> Both Jen and David have been royally, royally looking forward to this, which is good, because I had to incentivize myself for treats. So thanks, David. Very much thanks to David. We shall now be heading into the desert for Sex in the City 2. <laughs> I think we need some glamour. One week in Abu Dhabi, all expenses paid for all four of us. Get out of town. My point exactly. 
I can hear the decadence calling. Mm. Uh, the second film based on the television show of the same name, directed, produced, and written by Michael Patrick King, who had also been involved in the show, it seems. Mm. How, how old is Michael Patrick King, by the way? Um, I'm hoping he's at least... Um, 65. I'm hoping we're approaching Gary Marshall levels of, um, of out-of-touchness here. Mm. 19, 1954. Ooh, born in Pennsylvania as well, so... USA? <laughs> oh, God. 64. He's 64, okay. Basically, women haven't changed since the 70s. <laughs> anyway. Social media? More like facial media. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you did a sex. Oh. You did a sex one. Brilliant. Uh, the film was received infamously. Mm. Uh, in a now legendary rant, Mark Kermode said the film made him want to be a communist again, <laughs> calling it ghastly, putrid, and vomit-inducing. Now, we don't often do this, but let's have a clip of that of that critic. So essentially, the message of the film is this. Feel sympathy for people who are disgustingly wealthy and so disgustingly wealthy that they not only don't notice having a spare apartment, not only don't notice losing the income from a job, not only don't notice that one of the people that they're employing is so poor that he can only go, afford to go and see his wife once every three months. Not only that, but are also imperialist American pig dogs of the highest order when it comes to become a Maoist. imperialism. Lindy West, in an exasperated howl of a review, mm. said Sex and the City 2 takes everything that I hold dear as a woman and as a human, working hard, contributing to society, not being an entitled cunt like it's my job, and rapes <laughs> it to death with a stiletto that costs more than my car. She eventually concludes, and I do mean eventually, if this is what modern womanhood means, then just fucking veil me and sew up all my holes. Good night. She was on her way to bed. She was uh, <laughs> dictating all of this. They, they caught her on the stairs. <laughs> With a little candle and a nightcap. <laughs> and apparently a little sewing kit. <laughs> Off for a night of hole sewing. Well, that's extreme. What I would say is live, live a year. <laughs> live a year as if before committing to anything life-changing like that. God, I wonder what we're going to want to do to our genitals by the end of this experience. Public said the same, uh, slightly less frighteningly. Um, now, our first review comes from the first returning Amazon reviewer, to my knowledge, <gasps> Emma Claire 1810 Yeah, she reviewed The Happening, and um, while well, she should have been cleaning up her dog's excretion, if you oh, remember. Oh, God, yeah, of course. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, she says, much like a pair of corduroy bell bottoms, this should never have been made. Oh, snap. Oof. That's very on point. You know that? Are you related to Michael yeah. Patrick King, for chance? <laughs> Emma Claire, 1810. Bell bottoms. Year of birth. Bell bottoms, more like. <laughs> like butts. Bell bottom side up. <laughs> up up, uh, up my I bell could, bottoms. Oh, that's, that, that draft's gone right up my bell bottoms. <laughs> Go away, Samantha. You're awful now. <laughs> it's so unsettling, Samantha. <laughs> Oi, I'm Chuck. Of comfort cock. <laughs> oh. uh, Joanne Shepherd on Amazon oh. slightly. <laughs> Joanne Shepherd on Amazon slightly less piffily suggests. Moreover, the script is so utterly crass with regards to the way it treats the Middle East and its people that I wanted to shout at my TV screen. It's ignorant, stereotypical, borderline racist guff. I mean, I like guff at the end there, because it's a nice crap English <laughs> word to come at the end of it. Yeah, it, You, it, sir, it, are a racist and a homophobe and a right twanger. <laughs> uh, now, Paul, we have no three-man. No. But there is a two-man that I'm very excited about. No, not Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, okay. No, not Fumi Dasalu Vold. No. Um, <laughs> oh. John Preston. 
John- That's right. John Preston, high-ranking tetragrammaton cleric John Preston, reappears here as the real name of Mr. Big. <laughs> How's that feeling working out for you, John? <laughs> Not great, it seems. John, what, a cr- what a creepy fucking bitch that guy is in this in this film. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. It's it just he's, the eyebrows. It's the eyebrows. He might. It's like <laughs> it's anything that he could do short of licking his lips. <laughs> his face was like a constant exercise in trying not to lick his lips. His eyebrows. <laughs> he was a study of. That's all I can think. <laughs> it was the worst. I will have. I will have more to say on Mr. Big very shortly. I assure Great. you. Great. Ah, the film has sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty-seven percent on Metacritic, and is two hours and twenty fucking seven minutes long. Well, you've got to put all that plot somewhere. <laughs> you've got to squeeze it in. Now, Paul. Yes. Usually we would do the plot synopsis now. Or I would ask you something good about it to lead in with. Okay. And then afterwards, after we've done all of that, I would reveal to you the ridiculous level of research I have done in preparation for our beef- brief chat about a movie no one liked. <laughs> um, I'm going to swap it out a bit because I do think a little context might be good for the plot synopsis. I'm going to do that bit now. Oh, okay. Now, look, I had never seen any sex and the city, and up until last week, I was referring to it as sex in the city. Mm. As does everyone. As does everyone. Um, I decided I didn't want this to be my first exposure to these characters and to this style, because I'm aware it's somewhat beloved and that the film is somewhat not. Mm. So I decided to watch some of it. Okay. Uh, so I, I subjected myself to what is generally considered to be the best episodes. Okay. And then I forced myself to sit through the first season... Uh, and a few other episodes. The box set isn't actually coming until Monday. Paul, I actually really like the show. <laughs> <laughs> I really fucking enjoyed it. It's great. It's a really well-written, fun, entertaining, yeah, great show. Have you ever? What have, What have you seen of it? Um, I've seen a few episodes. Uh, back okay. back when I was a back when I was a teen, a hot young teen, okay. and um, yeah. Get your knickers off, love. Well, I mean, one of the things that struck me about it is just how great these characters are and how immediate it is to know who everyone is. Yeah. Like, I think I was I was in the first five minutes of the show, I was like, oh, I get everyone. Yeah. I get entirely who these characters are and what their purpose in this dynamic is. And, yeah. You know, and it was all really fun, really well acted. It feels authentic and well observed. That might be down to the fact that it was mostly written by women who, you know, are writing what they actually know about. Yeah, uh, Mr. King. Um, it was funny, witty, and actually quite poignant in places. And but the main thing about it is that it's so refreshingly honest. Yes, and that it does talk about things like female desire, picking your own partners, vibrators, masturbating, diaphragms. Mm. Mm. It, it's it just reminded me of that feeling of sort of that frisson of excitement when the conversation with your friends sort of turns to kinky stuff. Yeah, and it's like the the thrill of actually discussing. You know, what should you do with your hands during a blowjob? Mm. On their head feels like a bit of you're adding pressure there. Behind <laughs> your head is just uh, taking the piss a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're Peter North now. Folding your arms sends out the wrong vibe. <laughs> and the Rubik's Cube just was not appreciated at all. <laughs> oh, and it, get gums, it gets gummed up, doesn't it, as well? So, <laughs> Gotta be careful with your gadgets. <laughs> with your 80s gadgets. <laughs> during in bed. Yeah, you can't take your clackers, you know, your football clackers. Get Simon Says out of here. It's widely seen as uh, a fantastic TV show. I know plenty of people yeah. who loved it. And I, I, even as a teenager, I watched it and went, yeah, this isn't crap. So it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to address that it, the 20th anniversary was this year. Um, and there has been, as with, you know, 
everything from the 90s, a bit of a reevaluation. So, I mean, the only problem I had with it is that the narration is a bit overbearing and unnecessary because there's nuance and, you know, in the direction and in the performances. Yeah. But even that, there's something reassuring about having Samantha's voice just guiding you through the experience as this sort of omnipotent observer. Samantha? Oh, fuck. Carrie. Or Carrie, yeah. Or Carrie, the main character of the fucking show. Yeah. Just to address a couple of those complaints, I really can't speak to its lack of representation, gay stereotyping, transphobia, etc. You know, it was it. It's not a defense, but it was the nineties, no. and these things are all just of just as true of male-oriented shows like Seinfeld, which don't seem to come under the same sort of scrutiny as mm. things like Friends and Sex and the City. Yeah, so. I'm I'm always always cautious when things are like transphobia and and other forms of bigotry are leveled at a, a show. I think I'd would have to sincerely go back and watch it fair enough because people are quick to to accuse yeah they can be and i think it's 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 very it's very well to subject current you know feelings and and um what what would you call it the the current discourse onto Mm. things from the past because it's it helps you to better understand what that discourse Mm. is now but you do there is things can be of their time it's okay for them to be so you know, it's okay to enjoy Gone with the Wind and still know that it has fucked up feelings towards yeah. slavery. Not that I'm not that I'm equating Sex in the City <laughs> to Gone with the Wind. Other criticisms are that Carrie Bradshaw is too self-obsessed. Seems to me that most comedy main characters are mm. neurotic and sort of yeah. self-obsessed. She's the Woody Allen of New York because Woody Allen never went to New York. <laughs> sure, he's not allowed, actually. No, he's banned. Especially now. Yeah. <laughs> we think it's best, Mr. Allen. We'll keep Manhattan. Like the film, but uh, we want you out. It's gotten weird. <laughs> well, no, you can't. You, people are always quick to accuse Woody Allen of you know <laughs> terrible things, but that was in the past, and you know attitudes have changed. The women are criticised for not voicing their concerns to the men that they are um, seeing, sort of as they happen. But to paraphrase Hitchcock, you know, why do characters never just go to the police when they're in trouble? Because it would be dull. Yes. If they said what they meant or what they were thinking, there'd be no tension or comedy. So, is it a case of having a perfectly good TV show? And much like <laughs> Nolan, it's just it's fun to go back and just fucking suck <laughs> the joy out of literally yeah. every crevice. When we've got a yeah. perfectly we've got a perfectly good steaming pile of bollocks to <laughs> to, yes, to we will get to tease it. apart with a fork. Yes. Yeah, sorry about this. I just want to quickly finish up. Um, because some of these are relevant to the film as well, especially the next one. The women are all very rich. Carrie writes a weekly column and yet somehow has the fucking best apartment in I've ever seen. Yes. Suspension of disbelief, I think. It's like the gun cutter. Yeah. And also it's, it's you know, it's, it's so that the series doesn't really have to be involved in, oh, now she's going to change job. You know, this isn't friends. It's it, they want to fixate on sex, yeah. not really anything else about their lives. So yeah, exactly. money just isn't an issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the only problem I have with it, watching it again, is that it does have old-fashioned gender roles, um, with the women solely concerned about fashion and getting men. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, women wanting either of those mm. things, but for such a groundbreaking show, that is one aspect of it that is quite stereotypical, is the women's drives. Well, I mean, again, you can just say that it's there are there are some, some women who are obsessed with fashion and men. So sure. Yes, there are. And, and that's fair enough. And you know, it's a show that wants to talk about sex and the quantity of men is partly functional in that respect. Yeah. It's like a sketch show where each week we get four new sketches as each woman experiences a pitfall of sex or dating. Yeah. Um, so you need to cycle through them because it's not tenable to have the guy with the weird tasting spunk from last week also be the guy who wants to watch porn during sex this week. Yes. 
So, different guy. Yeah. You know, Seinfeld did the same thing. Yeah. No, again, there's there's not an issue with any of that, I, d- I don't think. I think ultimately it's, it's a sex-positive show that's aged a little poorly in some ways, like everything does. I mean, this podcast will be considered horribly offensive by the end of this sentence, gay marriage is unnatural, <laughs> but it's still really fun to watch because, mostly because these four women work really well together. Yeah. So, I felt, having said that, that's the setup, so I felt pretty good coming into this film. I thought, Great. you know what, these these four ladies, they're going to carry me through. It's going to be fine. No problems. Did you think <sighs> that? That's a, I did think that. That's think a shame. We're going to be okay. So, Paul, you gay wedding. Oh, I also wrote down gay wedding for my response. So, <laughs> that's that. He's like a Pokemon. <laughs> um, what is one thing about Sex in the City 2 that made you want to flee the recession and go somewhere rich? Uh, such a strong feminist message, Paul. Oh, that's what got you. We, didn't, we don't need men, they, they sort of say at one point. Men are scared of us. <laughs> um, On the way back to their men. Yeah. G- Garud, can you, can you just hold my umbrella, please? <laughs> Can you just follow me with that? <laughs> oh, we do. We do need men, just in a, in a certain capacity. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, but it was. It, 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 what what I really loved about it was that it just picked up on all the, the the strong feminist stuff from the from the series. It really, really drove that into oblivion. <laughs> Shot it into <laughs> it the really fucking sun. It really just picked it up. <laughs> yeah. It picked it up very carefully and then just fucked it. <laughs> oh God. All right, Paul. Very briefly now. <laughs> What happens? And it's not going to take that long, I don't think. No, what you, happens? You, surprisingly. This... <laughs> what happens in all two hours and 27 minutes of Sex in the City Part 2? For the first 30 minutes, there's a gay wedding. Yes. Gay wedding. Gay wedding. Gay wedding. Gay wedding. Gay wedding. Gay, 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 gay. I had an analogy for this. The fact that they... How many times did they end up saying gay in the first 15 minutes of this movie? I asked you to count them. F- 15. 15 times. Her best gay friend is marrying my best gay friend. Just when you thought everyone you knew was too old to get married, here come the gays. Is a gay wedding shorter or longer than a straight wedding? Don't make me look too good. Gay wedding. Will you please stop referring to this as a gay wedding? Isn't it a gay wedding? But it's not just a gay wedding. Uh-huh. Don't want to be late to my first gay wedding. This is not a gay wedding. Okay, it's a gay wedding. You brought your dog? It's a gay wedding. I figured what's one more little bitch with an attitude? So you're allowed to cheat because you're gay? This wedding get any gayer? It's a law of physics. Anytime there's this much gay energy in one room, Liza manifests. And it's it's all very much in the vibe of we're cool with it. We're all very cool with it. It just reminded yeah. me of like when you and your other like white friends suddenly hang around with someone who's not white. And like one of the friends just keeps bringing it up, always in a jokey kind of harmless way. But it's always like to say, "Look how okay with this I am." I would have voted for Obama for a third term. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this reminded me of. But anyway, yeah. end of the gay wedding. Oh, Samantha sleeps with a guy. Oh my god, she slept with so uh, many of the one guy that there was. Yeah, she's. Oh uh, god, he was a builder as well. Made lots of noise. Well, we should probably go through everyone, sorry, just to introduce yeah. to anyone who hasn't seen. Samantha is the slightly older lady who is... Her, she's promiscuous. She's more promiscuous than the others. Yes. That's the thing. And she's also the she... only one now who is not married. See, we're being promiscuous, gets you, ladies. Lesson learned from <laughs> gets Michael Patrick poppin', King. Popping pills and all sorts. Yep. She's on She's on all kinds of hormones to yep. um, divert the menopause. Charlotte is the most not... Uh, Samantha. She's yes. the one who's married, has one daughter, she's... and one screaming child. 
Two adopted kids. Oh, okay, yes, two adopted kids and um, a bald husband and a <laughs> nanny who doesn't who doesn't wear a bra. A and, bald uh, husband doesn't... who looks like he could fucking handle himself if he needed to. And I enjoyed. Really that. does. <laughs> looks like he should be in a Vice video. <laughs> America's like scariest like... dad. He... <laughs> Hello. I love that show. <laughs> Today it's Brian Watkins from Portsmouth <laughs> on Britain's scariest dad. <laughs> he runs an halfway house by the ocean. <laughs> It'll run you halfway up the fucking river, mate. What does that mean? Some something threatening, yeah. Jesus, he is a scary dad. You scared yet? Anyway, anyway yeah. they've got um, a nanny who, at one stage, sort of runs up to them with the um, just the biggest, fakest Irish accent you've ever heard in your <laughs> fucking life. Come to me, little pet. There you go. Yeah. And you have yourselves a lovely morning. Also, she's got tits. Yeah, big. Big ones, but, big old tits. Yeah, big old titties. And her, and, 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 and <laughs> but but more importantly, the Irish accent is the most noticeable thing about her. Fuck. Yeah, it oh, is. It's, it's so so fake, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> I'm oh, an I'm Irish Laura. nanny, so I am. Toy, toy. <laughs> Look at my jugs. Yeah. Look at me um, big old boobies. Um, she's bad. Miranda's fine. She's just yeah. fine. Oh, she's got a boss who ignores she, her. She, she's, she's a workaholic. She's basically uh, she's the Arnold Schwarzenegger from Jingle All the Way of this film. Yeah. Except with an asshole boss who keeps putting his hand up to like silence her. Yeah, he's 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 an asshole. Yeah, that was a genuinely Face closed. That was like the most well observed thing in the film because I can imagine someone doing that and not realizing <laughs> that they're being the biggest misogynist prick in the world. Yeah, just shush, shush pet, pet. <laughs> Men are yeah. talking. So that's that's that basically. Oh, and Carrie, Carrie, yeah. Carrie, 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 Snarry Wary has finally married Mister Big, John Preston, finally. the grammar That's what we all wanted. Yep. Um, <laughs> He put away his guns. He <laughs> caused the downfall of society and uh, celebrated by taking a wife. He put his guns into one box and opened another box that had the eyebrows in them. And <laughs> Fuck he got, me. He got to his dark deeds. She's, she's written a book. Um, and at the wedding, she meets um, an absolute fucking monster who yeah. is horrified at the prospect that they've decided to not have children. Yeah. Well, she's a fan. Her biggest fan. Yeah. And <laughs> she's she, read all she of her columns. Loves her books. She just adores <laughs> her. She is her basically. Says her. Says her fawning yeah. sycophant husband. I fucking hate him. <laughs> and and yeah, there's the moment she finds out that Carrie Bradshaw, not Fisher, it's yeah. definitely Bradshaw. And I'm not making that mistake again. She, as soon as she, <laughs> as soon as she learns that she's not having children, it's just. Like she clan member lunges at her with a knife. Yeah, for a uterus. You won't be needing this <laughs> anymore. She says she has to be disarmed by her tetraglamaton <laughs> husband. Which dan, goes with dan, dan. <laughs> They go to bed and watch an old movie in bed, which is yeah. quite pleasant. And it's like, no, oh, I'm gonna fucking yeah. use this against you later. Yep. Um, <laughs> Samantha fucks a builder, and um, yeah. Charlotte almost has a breakdown because her nanny isn't anywhere to be seen. Um, Carrie ends up in between the two of them. Um, yeah, in between. In between a rock and a very hard place. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Rock by baby. That would have... No, fuck it. Anyway. They go back to their down-to-earth apartment that's bigger than London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's cycle through the post-wedding stuff in order to just get to Abu Dhabi. So, each character. Um, okay. Samantha. Samantha. She's got nothing, Samantha. right? Yeah, she's she, taking she's, a lot of pills. She's taking a lot of hormones. She gets a phone call from um, an actor she used to fuck who is now... In a film in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. they're, they're setting it up already. Brilliant. Great. Nope. <laughs> Not for a while. Um, she's also lubricating herself at her desk in her yep, open plan in a nice office. Op- like glass walled office. Uh, right by the staff her, microwave. Her, her secretary's used to it, though. <laughs> 
in the post Tetragrammaton cleric world that we've established. <laughs> anything Conzel- goes. Yeah, everyone. No Fuck. one's allowed to feel anything, but anyone can shove anything they like up there. Um, um, yeah. Charlotte, the opposite of Samantha, the anti-Sam, yeah. she is finding it really difficult to deal with her kids with yeah. only a full-time nanny to help her. Yeah, it's horrendous. It's awful. We all feel we all feel her plight. And yeah. I mean, they uh, and ruined her- the vintage dress that she decided to wear whilst baking cupcakes because she's a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah, it's ruined. Mm. Her oh. nanny, though. Oh, God, she's still there. Oh, she's busty with the pan pipes. She's, sorry, just Charlotte flips out so much of her kid after ruining those fucking trousers. Lily? This skirt is vintage. Lily, look at what you did. And she yeah. leans into that kid. Look what you've done. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so upsetting. Fuck me, it's like Billy Elliot. <laughs> And she goes off to the cupboard to fucking cry. Yeah. As if this was a fucking Mike Lee movie. Yeah. Just just to really get us on board with that character as a as an entity. <laughs> That's God, done. Charlotte actually took... Charlotte, of all the characters in Sex and the City of the Show, Charlotte was the one I had to warm up to. Mm. And that work has been very thoroughly undone by <laughs> Sex and the City 2. Pat to square one, you're an asshole. Fuck me. Miranda Miranda quits uh. her job immediately. Um, she stands up to the, the, the guy. And yeah. uh, and quits, and she gets there in time to see her kid do some fucking pantomime bullshit. It's rubbish anyway. I don't give a shit. Yeah, who cares? Making but... her one better than Arnold Schwarzenegger, which you know isn't <laughs> yeah. isn't saying much. But... <laughs> you did it. You beat Arnie. <laughs> You're finally better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Simpson Sim- Nixon beats Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the best governor <laughs> election yet. Oh Christ, um, Samantha. She, it, it... Well, Carrie. Sorry, Carrie's the one with the real problems here. Yeah. Because... Oh fuck yeah. Jesus Christ. She gets given a television when she wanted jewellery for her birthday. Yeah. No, for their anniversary. Yep. Uh, she's had to keep her old apartment. She couldn't sell it. Yep. Well, because so, in this economy. Yep. And now her husband wants to spend two nights a week away. Yeah. So that he can utilize... Oh, also, he doesn't want to go out partying every single night of the week, especially Mondays. Yeah, literally every night of the week. What a monster. Yeah. He wants that what a fucking out. dullard. More yeah. than twice a week. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, oh, t- takeout, that thing that's uh, ten times more expensive than cooking at home. And also, oh. you hate cooking, has been established many times in the show and prefer to go to restaurants. Takeout? Yeah. Ugh. And oh. you like greasy that's... Chinese food, too. Michael Patrick King, did you watch the show? Is Yeah. T- I mean, takeout, it's it's restaurants for, for poor people, isn't it? Oh, God. Um, Culturally poor people, to... obviously. It's the same fucking price. There were two scenes here where I vented my frustration at the um, difference between the film and the show. The first one is they go to have lunch together in a fucking golf palace. Mm -hmm. And um, the kids are there. And I've just written in my notes, I don't want your kids here. Talk about dildos. (laughs) But they do. Please. uh, To be fair, they do also complain about that to each other immediately. (laughs) They're like, oh, I so. I thought it was just us four, not the not the shit. <laughs> I thought we could have a fun chat about saucy things like we used to. No, we don't do that anymore, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. How's your full-time nanny? <laughs> Here she comes, jiggling away. And then later on, Carrie's at the apartment, and Mr. Big shows up in the limo he always used to pick her up in in the series. Mm. And she says, and just like that, it was 1998 again. And I was just like, please, please, <laughs> let him do something dumb, and she can go and ask her friends about it, and they can talk. <laughs> I fucking Please. beg. I beg for dumb. All I could think was what a sad state of affairs it'd be to wish for 1998. <laughs> I'm blue, dabba dee dab. 
What, what's that, Carrie? Oh, nothing. She's just like facing the window, looking sadly out at New York. <laughs> well, luckily, my next note is that fucking plane, which indicates that nothing of note happened in between that yeah. date, which goes bad. He he wants to have two nights off a week from the yeah. wedding, which has made her worried. Meanwhile, yes. Samantha's going to Abu Dhabi and is bringing the friends because there's a press yeah. junket going on out there. For a that is the first hour of the film. Literally the <laughs> that first was... hour. Oh, God. That how are they, really they going to fit the, the plot in? <laughs> oh, God. It can't be that nothing fucking happens in Abu Dhabi, could it? Well, let's find out. To Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they got on a very, a very expensive plane. They get to the hotel where they're shown around their fucking extravagant nonsense hotel room by their, their guide. Miranda's planned the whole thing, but they're there for the girls, basically. Not to, not to see any of the guys, even though that was one of the reasons that Samantha was going out in the first place. But they spend <laughs> the whole day with each other because they're, they're soulmates. They don't need guys. They don't Fuck need yeah. men. Although they do, men are shit. in spite of that, Charlotte does try to call home about 50,000 fucking times. Charlotte says, I can't yeah. get through to home. All I can hear are panpipes and jiggling. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, it is pointed out to Charlotte, you know, you're worrying about something that's going on thousands of miles away. You're, you're missing treating these people like freaks. I mean, you're obsessing about something that is happening 6,700 miles away and you're missing the woman with the veil and French fries at the next table. Consider this an interfrenchian. Yeah. So they all stare at a woman well, trying, trying to eat French fries with dignity whilst wearing a full head thing. Look, this is their this is their first time. You don't they don't, they don't have any Muslims in in, uh, <laughs> in, New, York. in New York. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Um, so I, I they've know got a, they've, they've, they've got a, it's it's an interesting question. I'm sure <laughs> Jer- Jerry Seinfeld probably asked one one, one time. He's like, "What's the deal with the hijabs?" <laughs> What is the deal with? I mean, I I know the first time I went to Hackney and I noticed a woman in a full sort of headdress eating eating a pizza, I did just fucking gawp at her. (laughs) Raises so many questions. Yeah, well, you know, some sometimes, sometimes you just gotta you just you just gotta forget that the other person's a human being, haven't you? (laughs) You know, look at the crazy look at the weird thing they're doing. Anyway, in order to show how normal they are. They all fucking swan about the um, souk. Because at this stage, Carrie runs into Aiden. She, yeah, she runs into Guy from Big Fat Greek Wedding. And, um, <laughs> Big Fat Greek uh, Wedding Mum. Um, he, yeah, he's back. What, what are the chances, they say? I know. It's almost like it was written in a film. Yeah. And they, they, they decide to meet up the next day because, um, well, old flames, oh, yeah, you, know, you got to. Yeah. You got to. It's, it, yeah. mean, it means something. Um, she... She buys some shoes for twenty dollars. She and does leaves the, the cheapest on, on the, on the desk. clothing that she's ever fucking bought. Leaves her passport behind. Yeah. They go home where Tw- Samantha is now theorizing that her butler might be gay. Why is that? Well, I tried to come on to him and it didn't work. That doesn't prove anything. Oh, I asked him about his sex life and he said it was private, as it should be. Well, then I asked him yeah. how I say his name and he had three cocks in him at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, maybe. Still, still <laughs> not very. That's kind of presumptuous. <laughs> Well, four cocks. That's <laughs> oh, that's there gay. You go. It's that's <laughs> that's what they told me at school. <laughs> they they have a lot of interactions with their their butlers. The one of the guys is uh, uh, Jerud yeah. or whatever his name is. His wife's in India yeah. and he doesn't see her from uh, a month at a time because he can't afford the, the plane flight. And this is for fucking foreign to Carrie Bradshaw. No, it's not. But... She can relate to this. Because it's just like her. No, the big. fucking cost of the planes. <laughs> oh right, I thought you were going to say. The, oh yeah, yeah, the difference between them, of which there is none. Their oh no, no, no. She latches onto that like a fucking limpet. 
She's like, yes, I can use this in, in my ongoing battle with that fucking bitch Charlotte. <laughs> Who doesn't get I me? I like that as a subplot that wasn't really prominent. Is that Samantha and Charlotte just? Sorry, Carrie and Charlotte just fucking hate each other. It's it's simmering, isn't it? It's definitely <laughs> simmering. I think they all hate um, Charlotte. I don't quite know why she's around them. There's my phone. Oh my god! Hello, Harry. What have you been doing? I woke you up. Harry, wait. You're going in and out. Miranda, I'm Because <laughs> she's always treated them like they gross her out. Well, I guess I guess Hitch, well, Hitchcock always said, you know, <laughs> because it would be dull to ban Charlotte yeah. from this conversation. <laughs> they, there is an ongoing uh, discussion between the two about what yeah. marriage should be and, uh, and 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 Charlotte is very draconian in what marriage yeah. should be. She's old-fashioned. It's, it's She's rules. waspy Charlotte. Yeah. Um, waspy Charlotte. They go driving through the <laughs> desert on a, on a car yeah. with no name and they, they drive past a billboard for an intense-looking man which appears to only mm. be a billboard for an intense-looking man. <laughs> You've got to market yourself in this world. <laughs> It's me, you know. <laughs> Call me from the sign in the desert. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. No, you wouldn't. No, they ride camels and then they end up at a fucking tent where Mange yeah. arrives. Um, What's his name? A fucking a, Rickard Spurt. Uh, Rickard. Rickard Spurt. Yeah, the Danish name. Fucking Rickard, mate. Now, where did I get yeah. South African from? Does that get mentioned, or did I just fucking pull it out of my ass? Um, no, it's because he sounds... I mean, to me, he sounded like Jason Statham as an American trying to do an English accent. <laughs> my apologies, ladies, for disturbing your fun. Garou, my friend, if you would do me the kindness of calling the hotel, telling them I'll be an hour or too late. My pleasure, sir. What's the sense in a boring business dinner when you have sand dunes and sunset? Am I right? To, I mean, to, it could have been anything, to be honest. <laughs> Turns out he's Danish. Yeah. Oh no. He falls for he falls for Samantha. They continue in the desert in the series of least the least dynamic shots available <laughs> to film ever. David Lean. Um, you're all right. Just relax. <laughs> you don't need me to eat my yeah, heart um, out or spin in my grave. Nope. Just carry on as you are, yeah. sir. Decomposing. Um, <laughs> they 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 finish that scene and she goes to see Aiden. They were going to go for dinner because um, they're all soulmates apparently, but she fucking blows them off. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, well, because they're such great friends that she'll under- they'll understand probably. Misters before Charlotte, sisters. Charlotte Charlotte just kills herself at this stage. <laughs> Carrie goes off to uh, to see Aiden, who is the guy from Big Fat Greek Wedding and uh, maybe Sex in the City. Yeah, they chat and they kiss. They they chat and they kiss. Oh and, no! Uh, but he's so nice. He spent all this time learning the f- four. Out of the seven states of the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> Four of them. Oh my god. Every time I come here, I learn another one, he says. <laughs> well, aren't you just the bee's knees? What will happen when you come here for the eighth time? Oh, I'll forget one. So anyway, <laughs> they kiss. They both feel very guilty. And uh, she yeah. goes off and she says to the girls, 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 I need you now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm done. And uh, <laughs> I kissed a guy. Should I, should I tell Big? No. Yes. Yes. Well, that's that's two to one. Again, fuck you, Charlotte. <laughs> no, I was on your side. I don't care. <laughs> no one Just listens to you, Charlotte. fuck you, Charlotte. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. We've all learned something today. <laughs> fuck you, Charlotte. So she I calls like Big. a mantra for um, life. Um, oh, not, she calls Big, but not before Miranda and Charlotte have a chat about how difficult motherhood is when you have a nanny. Oh, God, it's so hard. But they yeah. raise a toast to all the plebs. Yeah. Just feel like I'm failing all the time. I'm not failing. Being a mother is hard. Oh my God, it is so hard. And I have full-time help. How do the women without help do it? I have no fucking idea. To them. 
to them. All the plebs who don't have full-time nannies. That's and- us! Yeah. Oh, says the audience. Thanks. Fuck you, Charlotte. So, <laughs> Mandy, um, you're still okay somehow. You come out of this well. Um, <laughs> Samantha's in the bath. She's got yams on her face. On that. Oh yep, yeah, yams. Um, she's... that was earlier. We're all over the shop now. Time's yeah, lost it meaning. Doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, the it apes makes discover no them on a lift. No, uh, Samantha gets arrested for um, making dick dick spurts. Dick spurt. Yeah. So. They get arrested. Omar Jalili just gets her off. It's fine. No problems. Yeah. Um, oh, does he? Does he, lads? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're like, uh, we're like Carrie and Samantha now. Brilliant. <laughs> we're like Kamerd and Mayo. So. <laughs> um, she calls big. Carrie calls big. Yes, and confesses. And he's yeah, kind of and, upset uh, and blows her off. Yeah. Oh. Oh. He hangs up on her. He hangs up. cock. <laughs> They, now they have to pay for the hotel room because the counsellor doesn't like them anymore because it turns out they're big old hussies. Yeah. So they can't afford to pay 22 grand a night, so they are chased onto... They only have one hour to empty their hotel room. I'm yeah. pretty sure I could empty my life in an hour. <laughs> like, I could empty this house in an hour if I had to. <laughs> but this is too much for them to pack up their hotel. Yeah, I've done it several times. Aaron <laughs> Zygmunt's hilarious soundtrack really comes into its own for this. It's like Home Alone at this stage. Yeah. Samantha! I can't be ready in an hour, and you better have twenty-two thousand dollars a night. Let's pack our bags and get the fuck out of the Emirates. They find out that Carrie does not have a passport. Then they go find the passport immediately. But fucking Charlotte, Jesus Christ, she breaks the only advice that they have been given on how to survive in this town, which did not extend to please don't flash everyone and throw condoms everywhere. That might get you in trouble. The only advice they've been given is don't trust someone who gives you a wristwatch and they no, fucking no, no, break no. it. She so. didn't. She wasn't told that. Giroud told uh, Carrie, uh. Carrie Bradshaw and she didn't <laughs> tell her friends. <laughs> because fuck these guys, especially Charlotte. Oh no, they got Charlotte. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I, I managed so... to escape. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so they, they, they run away. The guys who try to sell her the watches think that, she's, um, that Samantha stole a bag. She didn't steal a bag, but they, it splits open because they're fighting over it. It's got condoms in. And then about 100, uh, 100 yeah. devout Muslims start um, shouting abuse at Samantha. This, this ends with her just throwing condoms about and giving, and giving 100, again, devout uh, Muslim fundamentalists a finger. Condoms! Condoms! And then they run. Then they're then they're sort of they're chased, but yeah, not chased because they're just walking. Yeah. And um, they're saved by by women Ooh. in um, niqabs. Yeah, yeah. They're taken. Maybe they get taken into a room, <laughs> and uh, they get told, "Oh, we're big fans of your writing that we get out here in this um, incredibly oppressive society." And look, yeah. we're wearing all the designer clothes that you wear. We're just like yeah. you. You've you've been to New York? No, oh. but we love the fashion. Louis Vuitton. Yes. Yes. (gasps) And there, in a dried flower shop, halfway across the world, underneath hundreds of years of tradition, was this year's spring collection. Oh, do you have any? Do you have any cultural differences that would actually we'd we'd benefit from learning about and might actually you know change our characters? Nope, we're you. No, yours, yours is better. better. Your culture <laughs> yeah. is great. Thanks for it. New yeah. York, brilliant. <laughs> oh, God. Is there any uh, 
How, do you have any uh, trouble out in uh, the devout United Arab Emirates getting this kind of these kinds of clothes or the uh, <laughs> or the or the, the goss magazines and the books that you're talking about in your book clubs? No, no, we just take them oh. off the American tourists we kill. Oh, speaking of which, please come into our basement. <laughs> oh, you wacky guys, we've got to get to the airport. No, please. Oh, oh yeah. shit, they got away. Oh, um, oh damn. They go out. They get to the they, airport. Well, they get a cab by flashing a um, leg. I think it's uh, Miranda who does it, or maybe Carrie. Um, no, it's Carrie. Oh, and that's Carrie. it because they're in. They're, they they borrow the ladies. Uh, oh, brilliant! Because let, can I just can I just make sure that's how you pronounce Nikab? Yes, please. I, let's be let's be culturally sensitive, like Michael Pike. Let's be Michael Pikeel King. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Pikeel King. Yes. <laughs> Michael um, Pikeel Keikel. And 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 Nikab. And Nikab. Okay. Yeah. Lovely words. We were right. You got um, brilliant. <laughs> we're so good. Take that. Take that, Michael Parker Posey. So <laughs> Carrie flashes leg, and a taxi yeah. stops for them. Um, and they all get in, and it dri- he drives them straight to the stoning area because we've already established that flashing is not a good thing to do in this society. <laughs> what do you <laughs> expect? <laughs> get in quick! I'll take you straight to the courthouse. <laughs> straight to judgment. Um. Yeah, no, yeah, that that goes off with absolutely no repercussions whatsoever. It's also yeah. not creepy. So they um they and they get to the airport. No stakes at all. Brilliant. Um, well, they nearly had to fly coach. Oh gosh, can you can you imagine what that would have been like? The horror. And then having oh Carrie Carrie and Carrie and it's not Kate Charlotte. I don't care who Kate is fucking husk of a woman. <laughs> Carrie and Kate husk Julia of a, husk of a woman. She sloughed off the snakeskin of Charlotte, and now she's Kate. She's exactly <laughs> fucking identical. I am reborn. They, they, they <laughs> marriage is sacred. <laughs> there are vows for a reason. <laughs> Rules are to be broken. You better play it safe. <laughs> they have a chat Husband. about how <laughs> maybe <laughs> Charlotte gets home. She's, she's love me to a family. She's learned that it that. <laughs> She's learned that it doesn't really matter about her nanny because she's a lesbian. But yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, the, father, the father greets them whilst carrying the nanny. <laughs> and um, Miranda finds another job. It was fine. It was fine the whole time. Yeah. So she gets to be a workaholic and ignore her kids again. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> she really is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Samantha finally gets uh, fucked by Rickard Spurt, the Dane, because um, in, yep, in a country the land of the that free. won't imprison her for doing it on a beach. <laughs> which really is what every civilization should be aiming mm. for carrie keeps her apartment but as a safe haven for all of them to neglect their kids yeah. slash husbands slash irish nannies yeah. and she and mr big cuddle up in bed in order to watch an old film yeah because it's all right now it's equilibrium <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. god this has aged a bit badly cynthia nixon said of the finale I was a little devastated by that because it seemed to me that the show was so much about female empowerment and about women making their own choices. It was about women standing up for what they wanted and supporting themselves. So to me, to have the climax of the film, your wealthy husband builds you a really nice closet for your clothes, I thought, wow, that's not what you really love about the show, is it? Because that's not what we were making it for. So, (laughs) right. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it, yeah. That would have been a great note during filming. Yeah. <laughs> she should have Harrison forwarded that. <laughs> Someone should have stood up to Michael Patrick King, tyrant. Oh, God. If Miranda from season one could have been there, she'd have just fucking rolled her eyes at the whole thing. And it made us all feel better. I just wonder what Charlotte from 20 years ago would have thought. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay, we're finished recapping the plot of Sex and the City 2. <laughs> 
very briefly now, what happens? And it's not going to take that long, I don't think. Oh, Paul, what did you make? How, how did that sit with you? Shit, fucking hated it. One of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, Paul. Thanks for asking. Thanks, David. I was spectacularly bored. Yeah. It didn't really hit me until an hour in that I realized there was a movie left. Mm. Like a 90-minute movie ahead. Yeah. And it was... Oh, fuck me. It's amazing how the movie is as long as seven episodes of the show, mm. but has less plot than one yes. of them. Oh, yeah. Without, without a doubt. I Weirdly, I, I was also... T- comparing this to sitcom episodes but i was just thinking about how much i could have been finishing season two of glow like (laughs) yeah i this is the only time in ott history i think that Mm. i've paused the film halfway through to go and do other things i I stopped (laughs) i made dinner i had a conversation with with my girlfriend yeah it it, it had absolutely nothing to say going from no that's it it, it completely ruined the the mo of the series the, the, the characters yes. were parodies of themselves, were sick parodies of womanhood. The, the... Yeah, I think it's it's a case there of total flanderization. And for anyone who doesn't know, flanderization is a process by which characters lose most of their nuance and become only their most prominent trait. Right. It's named after Ned Flanders, who, mm. you know, originally was just a good neighbor and did yeah. all of the things that Homer didn't want to do, and which included, happened to include, going to church and being a good churchgoer. And then by, you know, tw- 30 years of television later, he's a religious fundamentalist. Yeah, um, yeah it's very much the Britta phenomenon. <laughs> yes, that too, yeah. So, all Samantha did was make jokes about blowjobs. And it was so yeah. off-putting. It wasn't, this wasn't a strong woman. This was somebody that you would never want to take on a date, ever. <laughs> well, they, they portray her decision to stay single and you know keep partying as being somehow tragic Mm. it's just they've decided to portray her as requiring to take a tremendous amount of medication lubricating herself at work Mm. frustrated at not being able to lust after a bunch of australian men yes the the australian rugby team apparently (laughs) yeah with their cocks with with, with their cocks and their chiseled bodies almost like they were models and not rugby players but (laughs) Mm. you're saying they look a bit too delicate to uh, probably get down and the they scrum. looked like none of them had ever been punched in the face or <laughs> there was like every rugby team has a fat bloke on it right <laughs> they they weren't fucking rugby players it was there was no affection for her it felt like no it was really unpleasant it's, it's just it's a thin line because she used to just be direct there was an episode of the show i watched where she's dating a guy a, a yoga trainer who mm. doesn't want to have sex mm. Uh, and he says that it's more erotic to not have sex and you can sort of build up the sexual energy. And then at the end of the episode, she just gets sick of it. So she turns to a guy in the yoga class and just mouths, want to fuck? Mm. And uh, the guy's like, no. And she's like, huh. And she turns to the guy on the other side of her and says, want to fuck? Yeah. And this guy's like, yeah. <laughs> they just go off. And it's, that's funny. Yeah, that is funny. That's, that's contingent yeah. on a whole episode of context. It's a really yes. great payoff. But this... Every conversation they have, it's like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Having kids is hard. Yeah, I know. Oh, having a job is hard. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what isn't hard. <laughs> my my boyfriend's penis. It's like, yeah, it's very good, Samantha. We realise that that's you now. Every, every, there, was yeah. no, there was no depth to any of it. And the fucking yeah. jokes. This film was viciously unfunny. And it was smarmy to be. Yeah, that's... Every joke. Yeah, everyone was very self-satisfied and everybody's laughing at each other's jokes, which is very frustrating. Anathema. That's one of the worst things to do. Uh, but it amazes me that Michael Pichel King yeah. got these characters so wrong. Mm-hmm. Because they're so coherent and easily, and drawn out. Like, 
any episode takes the format, something happens to Carrie. She gets really neurotic about it. She asks her three best friends. Charlotte mm. will tell her the most conservative thing to do. Samantha will tell her the most radical thing to do. Yeah. And Miranda will tell her that everything's going to be okay. Just be yourself. I mean, the, the problems that are being had here are just non-existent. It's the thing. They're nothing problems. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean... The show's always been fixated on the minutiae of details. I mean, you know, you have characters breaking up with another character because their spunk tastes funny. Mm. It's, yeah. you know, it's minutiae and there's an element of comedy to that. And Seinfeld did it all the time. But when you're translating it to the big screen, to cinema, <laughs> I think you need to maybe just amp up the scope a bit. Otherwise, you do run the risk of being melodramatic. Yeah, it almost, to me, it feels like the opposite of what Entourage did, where it started off as a semi-parody of the high life and the, the quest for yeah. the quest for fame. And it sort of highlighted the, the, the vapidness of it all. And, and then it slowly started to take itself more and more seriously until it was just a film about how great it was to be rich and famous. Whereas yeah. this, this film, if it would have just gone a couple of steps in the right direction, it would have been a, 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 <laughs> like a parody of what... Uh, <laughs> of, yeah, materialism. Of, 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 yeah, of what it used to be. Self-absorption. When all of your problems are gone <laughs> and your, your big problems are... Um, I, I want to go to the restaurant every day. And, and oh, oh God. damn! I think hormones. Part of it for me is that it was always sex and the city, and the city part is the glamour, it's the yeah. fantasy, it's where twenty somethings can watch it and think, God, I wish I was in New York with a, a great job and a beautiful apartment, just dating mm. men and going to parties. You know, it's that's yeah. the city, and then yeah. the sex, the sex is the great unifier. Yeah, that's what you relate to these women about because. You know, we all have sex and we've all noticed funny tasting spunk, mm. you know, and and because it's so it's got great such great insight. That's what lets you into these characters, so to speak. This movie is all city without the sex. There's no sex mm. talk in this. There's nothing no. saucy. No. Consequently, it's all the materialistic rich stuff. And that's just really hard to relate to. Yeah, it's even better when you then superimpose that on top of the united arab emirates the sensibility of sex in the city of slightly campy sassy irreverent humor is great when it comes to sexuality and dating etiquette in new york mm. when tackling subjects like the state of women's rights under sharia law it might come off as a tad uninformed or insensitive yeah it's like quentin tarantino in his upcoming film about um the murder of sharon tate i like quentin tarantino <laughs> but you better believe i'm fucking uncomfortable about that <laughs> yep what? Oh, yeah. good, he's doing a Holocaust movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. It's, oh, it's listed on IMDb as a comedy. <laughs> a musical, great, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, do they even mention, do they even mention any issue, really? Any any more so than, oh, it's difficult to eat a French fry when you're wearing a niqab. You know that the United Emirates still has flogging as a, cr- as a punishment for things like adultery? Yeah. And I'm not saying we should get into that in this fucking Sex and the City 2 film. Oh, it's just such a weird decision. I, I, I would just, I would <laughs> just say, there. yeah, I would just, just say in a place where female genital mutilation is genuinely an issue. Not a place for a frothy comedy. Yeah. Don't do your sex comedy there. Do it somewhere foreign. You can do it somewhere foreign. <laughs> just don't do it in... Yeah. Even somewhere Muslim. Just yeah. don't, you know, don't pick the UA, UAE. Yeah. It's fine. And the thing I- is, all right, set it in the UAE. That's fine. But then also have them, like, get to know the traits of the local women. Fair enough, ignore the flogging and all of that. Find something of worth in their culture or do the obvious thing. Approach your 
filthy fucking consumerism by coming into contact with people less well off than you. Yeah, I think that would have been a that would have been a safe bet. I think you know if if, if you wanted you know, to go for the Disney empowerment, does that. That's literally what everybody thought immediately. So all you would have had to do would have had a line about it. Do you, you know, know what would have been even easier? Have them affected by the recession because a recession mm. happened. The housing market collapsed. Terrible things happened. So maybe these girls who were once glitzy and glamorous start the movie in a down place. And Mm. then they get offered an all-expenses trip to the United Arab Emirates by a former client. And they decide, fuck it, let's go do that because it will get get to be glamorous again. Yeah. So they go, but then they learn the real cost of this glamour, this really unequal society that's, you know... Yeah, two things could have happened with this. Challenges their materialism a bit. Yeah, you you could have... Gone, gone over there and come into contact with real issues over there and then realized oh my problems are, are meaningless and and had a new perspective on life <laughs> or yeah yep. you, you, or go over there and have the economy thing but the problem with that in this film was they did bitch about the economy but they were still fucking loaded they yeah what, they were saying oh like, we can't there's no we can't sell our apartment because of the economy and samantha <laughs> later on complains about something yeah in, in this bullshit economy where i'm still a millionaire <laughs> do you know what maybe they were genu- maybe their moment when they're sharing their fashion tips with the women in the niqabs was genuinely oh my God. michael patrick king's attempt to <laughs> sophi- like have a sophisticated interaction with with some, yeah. some bloody foreigners it, it was just you know what so it is fucking dumb. it's the same thing as mother's day do you remember when the um the indian mum and the uh redneck mums sit down together and discover they have a whole bunch in common yeah it's 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 the same problem you're not learning from each other you're just finding common ground common ground is easy you know yeah. common ground isn't is, isn't complicated accepting difference is complicated and this film yeah. really has trouble with difference really yes. they're saying if it's not having sex with dick spurt on the beach with fireworks going off in the background then you're not a liberated woman mm. and that's very condescending and limited yeah uh, I don't know. It's Con- condes- condescending and limited. Pretty much sums up this film. Um, it is no. I mean, if you take the idea to its natural conclusion, then the biggest decision that faces someone who has lived the life of Sex in the City is: Should I settle down or not? Should I continue mm. on this path that I'm on, or should yeah. I do what is con- accepted of expected of me? And I think a lot of people were very upset that so many of the women took the conventional route, considering it was such a subversive yeah. shows so many of them including miranda sort of inexplicably gained a sort of wisecracking danny De- um joe pesci style <laughs> husband um, she, when she really wanted a danny devito one <laughs> she really wanted the danny devito husband yes like three out of four of these ladies end up sort of just in conventional marriages with kids i will say i do like that sarah jessica parker by the end of the movie her and mr big have you know stuck with it that they're not going to have kids you're gonna have That's marriage cool. on their yeah. own terms yeah yeah that was cool i liked I, I liked the idea of marriage on their own terms i thought that was pretty yeah. cool it made me even more a- angry when charlotte repeatedly sort of hissed <laughs> at, at carrie but um Shh. and but the whole <laughs> but the whole thing of um shut a light taking... in her eyes <laughs> shoo shoo charlotte <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um... <laughs> When you write vows, it's for a reason, Carrie. <laughs> but, yeah. Wear the ring. <laughs> Wear the ring. Charlotte's changed in this film. The... I swear to God, Michael Patrick King's forgotten how to write this character. <laughs> I don't remember Charlotte being so throaty before, Michael. Are you sure? <laughs> this is my this is my direction. <sighs> 
did I or did I not write 31 episodes of Sex in the City, Charlotte? I think it's Sex and the City. I don't <laughs> think so. Shut up. Shut up, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked and I liked the whole thing about marriage on their own terms. And I, yes. and I thought that... Oh, anyway, I think I'm getting into like good stuff now, so... Well, shall we? Quick fire. Yeah, I, I, I liked the whole th- arrangement that her and Big figured out of... Well, I say sort of figured out. It was figured out with much panic and anxiety of two days a week off. It was like, fuck it, you know. It's, it's, I, I appreciate honesty in that kind of thing. And, you know, in relationships, sometimes, you know, you need a fucking day off. That's what, I, I think... what Nell tells me anyway. <laughs> when she leaves. You'll be back this time, right? Right? I will have to come find you again. <laughs> Every time she comes back, she has a new eye patch. Um, you'd think that would have stopped after the second time. But no. <laughs> um. The blinder she is, the easier it gets. <laughs> I, I I agree. It's an interesting point, and it's a that's a good idea. It's like you know Louis C.K. says it's great to be a it's easy to be a good father when you only have to do it half the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could have been a bit more flexible, like maybe a couple of nights a month initially. Mm. Yeah, like I th- twice a week yeah, is I th- quite heavy. <laughs> I think a better idea would have been whenever one of us needs a couple of days off, it's not the end of the world. We can just go and yeah. use your apartment and we come Which back. Which we are and- paying for and all the time, but only use a few days a month. Yeah. But hey, fuck yeah. it. Oh, in this economy. Recess what? Economy? Um, Haven't read this week's issue. <laughs> I thought SJP yeah. um, looked really good in her tux. Like when she walked in and she's got, she's got really big hair too. And I have something for big haired women in suits because I also I immediately thought of Ellie Driver in um, Kill Bill okay. Volume 2 oh okay um, but she looked even better she liked curly uh, sorry SJP looked even better with her big curly hair and cool tux oh um, the tux yeah. was my next thing actually that was the, the one thing yeah. I liked about the first oh no two things I liked about the first 20 minutes of the film one of them was her in the tux <laughs> oh good. god the yep. cute dog at the wedding. Aww. It's really cute. It's a dog. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a dog. And it was abiding, <laughs> um, being stroked by, by the young Charlotte daughter. <laughs> and Anthony says of it, um, cute cat. <laughs> Just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't hear that. That was good. It's too busy retching. I really like the wedding space, I think. The mm-hmm. sort of, um, the, the, the ornate swan pond, the uh, entry steps with yeah. all male choir singing fucking hauntingly throughout the scene. Like they're there in the back of the scene throughout the whole thing, and particularly, I loved their cover of "Sunrise Sunset." That fucking <laughs> sent shivers down my spine. I mean, it was certainly, it was certainly a wedding scene, and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say that about it. Yeah. <laughs> when Carrie and Big are caught between Samantha having mm. rampant sex with a builder and some and yeah. uh, Charlotte freaking out with her screaming baby, I thought that was quite that was quite a nice shot. <laughs> and then Charlotte screaming at her baby. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's when the camera pans over into the next room and it's just uh, Carrie and Big lying there looking really awkward. That's a nice little <laughs> shot. And then the uh, cool. when he says, oh, I don't know which is worse, and Carrie immediately says, Samantha. The, <laughs> the, the baby, <laughs> the baby will tire will tire. Yeah, That was good. Yeah. Um, Anthony's saying to them that he gets to cheat, and Miranda's husband, fucking Joe Pesci, 
doesn't react at all. He just continues smiling <laughs> politely as if to say, I don't know how fucking normal that is. When we're first introduced to to, to Nanny, the <laughs> lovely Irish Nanny. She's running in slow motion uh, with a nipples like bullets just saluting <laughs> the world. And uh, I've mixed up metaphors there. Like um, Kangaroo Samantha- Jack. For the kids. <laughs> For the kids. <laughs> exactly. And Samantha, she's midway through taking her many vitamin supplements. And she turns to look at the nanny and gorps. And she just has a mouthful of half-chewed up vitamins. <laughs> it's a really funny shot. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, I ran hot and cold on Mr. Big throughout the uh, episodes of the show I watched. Sometimes Oof. I was okay. like, oh, I get him. Yeah, I get why he's, uh, he's a good thing. And then other times it was just yeah. like, did they just have this fucking guy, Chris North, I think he is. Did he just show up to set and it's like, hi, how you, how you guys all doing? And everyone was like, oh, we didn't write his scenes again. <laughs> Shit. Um, oh, God. Fuck, every time. Uh, tell you what, mate, just smile. <laughs> because so many times smile. I just he just had nothing. <laughs> but um, yeah, in okay. this, in this film, in this film, I got it more. I got his charm more in the film, weirdly. Um, okay. Maybe I just haven't watched the right episodes of the show yet. But in particular, there were a couple of moments at that wedding. He says a guy yeah. came on to him at the bar. And I feel like he handled that quite well, too. He was polite, you know, smiley guy. Yeah. It was all right. And then when he got yeah. he got to Sarah Jessica Parker, he was uh, like, um, hey, that, go- that guy just hit at me at the bar. Hit on me at the bar. He hit me at the bar. He hit on <laughs> me at the bar. That guy just hit on me. Really? Mm-hmm. How's it make you feel? Like I still got it. I was like, oh, that's, a, that's the nicest thing you could have said there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, and then later on, when that fucking monster is tearing into SJP for um, not wanting to uh, have kids, uh, he interrupts oh, yeah. and kind of saves the day a bit by uh, changing the subject. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, good guy. You could tell how fucking awful that was getting. So it won. I wasn't ambivalent about how I felt about Mr. Big. Oh, yeah. Wasn't a fan. I found I found I found his face to be a constant event, and it was <laughs> it was off putting. Cinema. H- having said that, I really appreciated that every time Carrie and Big had a falling out, they reconciled it. Even even like when when she freaked out after Big suggesting that they have two days off, she yeah. was still trying really hard to reconcile things. And the next day, even though she wasn't okay with it, came to, was willing to come to a compromise. It felt like a very yeah. natural human thing to do. Like a, like a real couple would do. Just to get that out of the way, because, like, I honestly, I know their concerns are petty, <laughs> but I almost always got where each of them were coming from throughout mm. the whole thing. Mm. And I don't feel like either of them were being particularly unreasonable. Sometimes Carrie didn't say what she actually meant. Like, mm. that's that phrase that often gets quoted where she's like, well, jewelry would have been nice, you know, in reaction yeah. to the TV. It's not about the jewelry. It's not, she's yeah. not saying I'd have rather had jewelry. She's saying I'm worried about having a TV in the house and I don't know how to yeah. say it. Yeah. At least, most of all, in the bedroom. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can I sympathise with that. I don't want a fucking TV in the bedroom that you share with a person. Yeah, I, I can see the concern there. And I liked how open he was, because after he notices her lack of enthusiasm, he's just like, did I fuck up? Like, he doesn't know, and he wants yeah. to know how. Like, But he's that open was... to her explaining. Yeah, I really liked the, did I fuck up? That was great. Yeah, I mean, someone could uncharitably say that the complete lack of tension between them was, you know, evidence of the lack of drama in this Um whole film but yeah it's nice that they kind of worked as a couple yeah fuck it it's nice fuck off it's nice <laughs> yeah there was a moment early on which would have worked as a really good cap to the film mm. if they just fucking if 
Michael Paykel King was paying any kind of attention. Mm. Um, they're in bed together and they're watching. And um, I can't remember what one character does. Oh, maybe she shows leg. Oh, her showing leg was a callback. Oh. In It Happened One Night, a character shows leg and Carrie says... Um, oh, that's shocking. For the 30s it was. That would have been a great line to end on. Yeah. Because it's about sex in the city. Gosh. That would have been clever. And it's also, <laughs> and also an interesting commentary on uh, society out in the United Arab Emirates. God, this film's <laughs> deep. I didn't realise this film was so deep. I liked it when Miranda stood up to her boss. I thought that was really, that was well done. Yeah. Um, Is there a problem? I don't know. Is there? Did you have something you'd like to say to me in private? Oh, I don't know that it needs to be in private. I appreciated the fact that not everyone in the office was just a disgusting patriarch there were, like the other guys <laughs> yeah, in there were like just that guy yeah it was just that guy i actually miranda was my favorite character in the show okay i watched I, she was my favorite one and during the breakfast scene i fa- i wrote down the note where's my miranda and then the <laughs> next scene was that scene and i wrote there she is <laughs> there's my miranda where's my miranda <laughs> there's my miranda the new film by jim jamush that's what i call my nipples um <laughs> Miley Cyrus was nice to Samantha, and I thought that was a nice little bit. Yay. Oh, she was. Yeah, that was that was lovely. Yeah. And it wasn't an embarrassing moment. It was just, hey, fucking check us out. <laughs> again, I agree. It's a nice moment. But once again, just, nope, no drama here. Move on, movie. <laughs> oh, when um, they're talking about the movie premiere, and um, I can't remember the full thing of this. I will sample it. But Samantha just says something like, You're going to this premiere together as, um... Oh, honey, just friends. But I may throw him a fuck if I like the movie. Oh, that's nice. That should take the edge off the reviews. Throw him a fuck was great. When, um, I think, I think Carrie and Big are having a, a discussion about, about marriage. And a bit later on, after they have their, their first chat with that horrible fucking monster... And Carrie yeah. goes, marriage doesn't work like that. And Big goes, I thought we were supposed to be making up our own rules. He fucking got you, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> it was a great... Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie, well, Carrie Bradshaw. Backsaw. <laughs> you lost. From lifting you? all the wrong that you are. <laughs> ah. Burn. When asked by the Sheikh guy, Have you ever been to the United Arab Emirates? No, and I could kick myself. <laughs> it, it, dis- it was disarming how um, pleasant mm. she was. Well, she kind of smoke smoke. She kind of spoke like a dame from a hard-boiled. That was uh, the like, thing about her. She was film. old-fashioned, flirty. She was like yeah. a film noir chick. It was just she didn't she have the lines so to go well. with it. She That's had... everything about this movie. Yeah, she, she had she had the drool, but not the gall. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's especially happens to Miranda because Miranda's sardonic, better than everything mm. style, really suffers if you don't have her saying funny mm. stuff. Like it's insufferable if she's not funny. Yeah. There was when 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 they're on the when they're on the plane and uh, Charlotte's getting a bit caught up in her gossip mag, reading the story about the nanny who slept with her husband. They they see her doing it, sitting in her little chair, and they go, "Oh, Charlotte, honey, don't read that." And then without looking up, she just presses the button that slides the door to her suite closed. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of. It's 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 a very it's a very good shot where that happens in the background with everybody else reacting to it in the foreground. It's very good. Yeah. Comedy moment. Um Hey everyone, it's a comedy moment. Fucking... <laughs> hey, we're gonna do a joke in a minute. Of all the fashion, a lot of it was very gaudy mm. and um hard to appreciate, but I like her newspaper dress that she wears on her date out with Big. It's a dress, mm. got newspaper print all over it. I liked it. Mm. Paul, I haven't even finished quick firing the stuff before they go to Abu Dhabi yet. Christ. And I didn't even fucking like that newspaper dress. So oh, this is both well. Fuck you. 
<laughs> I think we didn't have any tension in the film except for the menopause was pretty much the only ticking clock in the entire film. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. she's she's running out of time. Her hormones are leaving her, and she's got to figure out how to get hormones before before it's too late. <laughs> um, before she yeah. before she has to bone every single one of the supposed Australian rugby team. Um, so in conjunction with that, there's a line that she has where um, she says, it won't be that bad. And um, she replies, tell that to the beard I'll be growing. <laughs> yes. Which I quite like. One of the few good Samantha um, lines. Om- <laughs> Omar Jalili's in the movie. Yes, he is. Um, and he's lovely. And my favorite line of his is obviously effortlessly when um, Kim Cattrall says something to the effect of, did they also bring their balls? Yes, they have many, many balls. <laughs> oh, uh, Samantha, not Samantha, I keep going to call her that. Carrie says, um, I think Samantha's trying to rush everybody out to go to the souk. And um, mm. Carrie says something to the effect of one sip, then souk. Yes, that was good. That was good. Yeah, yep. that, was one of, that was one of the, the, the many lines in this film. <laughs> and this one was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker has a bedside apple. It's a nice detail. <laughs> I have a bedside kebab like dispenser i don't know what it's called like the full thing and like the cutting knife so i just get up in the night and cut off a bit a fucking bedside spit yeah <laughs> fucking big carve a bit off of it. there with an apple in its mouth so that's why i can <laughs> oh, relate to it still healthy yeah yeah still healthy yeah. brilliant it sucked up all that um apple juice <laughs> oh, i wish apple juice wasn't an actual thing that would have been <laughs> apple squeezins <laughs> Apple scrumpins. After getting there, uh... <laughs> my, that's my porn name. <laughs> after receiving the warning about not going and uh, after receiving the warning about how the film's going to end, um, the guy says, "Other than that, the people here are very nice." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do I mean by Charlotte starting early? Oh, in the karaoke. There's a pa- there's a somewhat painful karaoke sequence, mm. but Charlotte starting to sing like way before she was meant to did actually make me smile. Oh yeah, that was cool. That fucking scene sucks so much. <laughs> is the thing. Fucking just anything. Can leave you do it. Anything. Well, you just call it Charlotte. That fucking scene is s- s- emblematic of of Sex and the City <laughs> two as as a wider entity. It's another thing where they yeah. avoid any conflict or or tension at all. They go on. They have a fun karaoke scene. And everyone fucking digs it immediately. Yeah. Everyone starts singing along, even the Australian rugby team <laughs> in their bathing suits. Yeah. If not for the content of the discussion, I really appreciated Miranda's attempt to get Charlotte to say a few home truths about being a mother. Yeah, I like that. It was like, yes, please, please say something Louis C.K. style about being a mum that I can Mm. laugh and relate to. Yeah. Also, you don't get to see um, those two together alone often. So I was interested in how that was going to go down and how their dynamic would go. Yeah. It's almost a moment. (laughs) Almost. Um, as Carrie is preparing for her date with Aiden, it's really good. <laughs> the lighting is great. It's very okay. dusky. There's like yellow mm. lighting and it, it looks like a Turkish delight advert. That's the most exotic thing I can think of. <laughs> you dream of having a Turkish delight by your bed. <laughs> she was like an assassin. I don't know. There's something about her, like her outfit and the lighting mm. and the makeup. Oh. It's just, yeah, it was just really exotic. It reminded me of those old hammer horror mummy movies. <laughs> My frames of reference are shit. I've got nothing for like the the mystery of the Orient when she's pontificating about um, the time difference thing. But it ends with the line, We're eight hours ahead of New York. This is the future. It hasn't really even happened there yet. Mm. And that made me smile. The idea that she's rationaled that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
Well, it felt like a normal thing to somebody was saying a panic, like a real thing. Didn't feel like yeah. it was just it was written with uh, with a parody <laughs> with in mind. Michael Pike or Paulie's fat farm in a pie. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nursery rhyme character now. Michael Pike, <laughs> Big fat thumb in a pie. Get out of it, Charlotte. He, <laughs> he chases all the schoolgirls and makes their Michael mothers Pauly cry. <laughs> Very yes. good. And when the fathers chase him, they murder him. Because <laughs> Michael Pike or Paulie. There's that for you. Because of cultural differences. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible place. Um, yeah. Speaking of terrible places... I really appreciated Samantha just in a total state of undress, surround, surrounded by contraception, giving the finger to a hundred devout Muslim men <laughs> and yelling, condoms! It was like, it was like crank or something. <laughs> just because of the sheer absurdity of the image. Yes, it was, it was just, they were, they were teetering on the whole thing of, oh, they're different to us, aren't they? For the full two and a half hours of the film. And in this moment, they just fucking went for it. <laughs> I did appreciate how much that phone call where Carrie had to confess to Big sucked. Yes. Like, it was a really uncomfortable call, and Big wasn't saying much, and it was... Yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, and all of her reasons were just so shit. Um, but, yeah. but again, it felt in, in a real way. You know, it was like... Yes. And, and I was jumping, uh, but it wasn't... That was no excuse, but it just it happened, but it meant nothing. You know, it meant absolutely nothing, and we both love our hus- husbands and wives, and just, just going on and on, and it's like, just you're just yeah. digging that. That shitty hole. <laughs> I've only got one more. Okay. My final one is Rickard Spurt has a good butt. Oh, he did. Yeah. It's nice to get some nudity in this fucking film. There's, yeah. Aside from Irish nanny's boobs, you know, in the show you could always be promised of some bowel mm. boob from someone. Yeah. Samantha, actually, you know, she also looked like she was really enjoying the sex from Rickard Spurt. <laughs> so... I mean, she's had six seasons of practice sort yeah. of dry humping. So, <laughs> um, When they're in the uh, shop yeah. and they're buying a watch cheaply um, and they're about to leave, Charlotte says, look, this is like the watch you gave Big. This could be my gift back, um, to the, you know, my husband. Um, and sh- um, Carrie, even though she's desperately trying to get her out of the shop, still finds the time to say, mine was vintage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Fuck you, Charlotte. <laughs> And the other thing was, um, I do like that she did leave the money for the guy to go visit his wife. It's still too little too late, mm. but it's nice that she did that. And that the, the sh- that Michael Pichael King, Paulie Pie, did at least mm. show some awareness that, hey, this is not just something you could introduce and then not do anything about. You are going to have to have a nice thing happen as a result, mm. even if it was ham-fisted. Yeah. Um, oh, we I just thought could... of one actually. She when she oh, she tried to give them money to that guy for finding a passport, and he wouldn't accept it. So she bought loads of his shoes. Ah, ah. that was a nice. Everyone, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Okay, the last good thing that I think is jointly between us mm. is the worst idea of all time. Mm. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a podcast where two lovely New Zealand guys, Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, uh, decided to initially watch Grown Ups Two uh, forever. They were just going to keep watching it week after week. Mm. Um, they eventually decided that that would be fucking awful and probably not a very interesting podcast, so they would stop after a year. Mm. And since then, they have committed to watching a terrible movie once a week for a year, um, over and over again. And the second year that they did it, they did Sex in the City 2. And it's really funny. Yeah, They're both really nice guys who are very, have great chemistry, and they don't come at it with a condescending sort of attitude towards it. They... Uh, one of them seen some of the show and quite liked it. The other hasn't. Yeah, they they, they just <laughs> gradually lose their minds. Yeah, it's very interesting because you've 
you say it and it takes a moment to say and it's like oh that would be interesting but then listening to them on like week 32 mm. of watching sex in the city 2 a two and a half hour movie <sighs> it's it's a very interesting sort of experiment and they they do very creative things to keep it fresh yeah very furtively finding these nooks and crannies of this film um Things that I thought that I was gonna try, I was gonna pay attention to. While I was watching it. I didn't pick up on any of them. I had to go back to look for Coffee Guy I, I, because they have a favorite extra, yeah. and I had to go back to watch him. And it is fucking great. There's a guy in the table when Samantha is telling them all about the trip to Abu Dhabi. He's back there. He sits down. We see the waiter come up to him. Cut away. Next shot. He has a drink of. He pulls a drink of coffee up to his mouth. Mm. Cut away. Cut back. He pulls another drink of coffee to his mouth. <laughs> Cut away, cut back. Third consecutive shot, he pulls a cup of coffee to his mouth. And he's doing a very deliberate drinking motion. And then fourth time, he's, he leaves. He gets up and leaves. <laughs> so it does just look like he's pounded down <laughs> this coffee and then left in a hurry. Yeah. And it's very funny. It is, it is great. I've also seen Tim Bat, Tim Bit in uh, stand-up oh, yeah. at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's very, very good. Yay. Very cool. Sort of self, self-deprecating. Self-deprecating? Oh, I love it was self-deprecation on a, a massive <laughs> he gets, scale. He brings out a cake. <laughs> then he, he ruins... Fully self He bakes a cake <laughs> and then he smashes it to pieces and cries. <laughs> Using his own insecurities. <laughs> um, yeah, very, they're, they're really funny guys. They get some, they get some other uh, comedians <laughs> on, like James A. Caster to do the old episode it's a really good show i, I highly recommend everybody listen to mm. it um paul we did a lot of good things there didn't we yeah <laughs> there's a lot of redemp- redemptive qualities that this here film has and i think the main one the one that kept coming up is that even though it's not that important you do kind of get and believe for the relationship between carrie and big yeah that might have been a strong point. It's therefore surprising that the film elects to spend an hour of its length away from that relationship. Yes. It's it's still unnecessary. Mis- misguided, I, I would say. Yes. Now, I still remember having a few, quite a few quick fires for grown-ups too, so, you know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's what we do. That's what we do. It's what we do. Before we do the one better thing, I just want to end on this note. There were talks of Sex and the City 3, um, but they soon ended... And the Daily Mail... Hello! Yes, this is the Daily Mail. (laughs) Yes, we did publish the headline Abortion Hope after Gay Jeans Finding. Yep, pure evil. That's ours. We'll tell you anything you like about Kim Cattrall. Um, They reported that it was because Kim Cattrall derailed the film with her demands that she had. She replied on Twitter saying the only demand that I ever made was that I didn't want to do a third film. Which, fair enough, it is only one demand. But it's quite a tricky one to work around. Yeah. <laughs> My only request is no. <laughs> Tell yourself what you can. <laughs> Get yourself through the dark days. <laughs> Sex right. City 2 was eight years ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do the one better thing. Let's leave let's this do... thing forever. Let's do... Oh, the OGT! OGT. Well... <laughs> I can understand why you wouldn't have wanted to do it because we've only got two people and we hate both of them. Great. So the first one is uh, Mark from You Know What I Like podcast. Oh, yeah. Hi, Mark. Hello. Um, so it's generally a shite fest, but I think I remember <laughs> liking Miranda and Charlotte's scene where they discuss how hard being a mother can be. Not something you get to see too much in presentations of motherhood on screen. No Very idea true. if that scene would hold up on a rewatch, though. It kind of does, Mark. It also doesn't. <laughs> 
In principle, it does. Yeah. This whole movie, though, is about the female voice and how threatened men are by it. Yeah. There's not a single female screenwriter. How many were there in the Sex in the City episodes? Because Michael Patrick... Um, Goody Most Goody. of the ones I watched Being bamboo were written also. by women. Okay, and finally, Jen Blundell, lifelong partner of David Zangoris, fencing, fencing. What the fuck is that word? God damn it! Extraordinaire. It's a good fence guy. He likes fencing. It's good <laughs> fencing. Doesn't he? It's a joke. It was a joke at the start of the podcast. He doesn't even like fencing. Jen said, "I agree. I like that mother chat scene too. Like for a moment, they remember that the characters can act like genuine people instead of just shrieking money bags. And again, <laughs> in principle, yes. In in practice." <laughs> Try harder next time. Yeah. I count 30 credits of writing, but most of them he has a female co-writer as well. Okay, good. Thanks, OG team. <laughs> Thanks, OG team. <laughs> um, right, the one better thing. The one better thing. First of all, watch the series. It's really good, and it holds up for the most part. For a for a movie that effectively and satisfi- satisfyingly ended a series, <laughs> <laughs> slip of the tongue there is Serenity from Firefly. Oh. Kill me. <laughs> um, Fuck off, Charlotte. <laughs> like, like I said, it's it ends. Uh, it ends a popular series really well with no departures of character that mm. betray or tone any fan expectations. It's very, very good. It still it does the beautiful Joss Joss Whedon thing mm. of not giving the fans everything they want so it leaves you wanting a little bit more but also feeling very very satisfied we've been through firefly before but uh now i've done both barrels i can put this one to rest <laughs> watch firefly and then serenity i will say that it has the advantage that star trek had of already being about adventure and space and such you know it is mm. I, I don't has comedy ever successfully transitioned onto the big screen because kevin and perry go large it looms mm. on the fucking horizon for us somewhere south park yeah, that's true. And Monty Python. What the fuck? And Monty Python. Uh, yeah, four times. At, well, Alan Partridge twice. almost made it, I think, with Alpha Papa. I liked it, yeah. That, I, that, it, I think yeah. that did the good thing of making it big, but also making it shitly small at the same time. It was, it was lucky to have Hot Fuzz there as a good template on how to do this. Yeah, but that, that, was, that was pretty good. It can, it can be done. Good. It can be done. So I have two, because this is a film of two halves. It certainly is. And the first half is about the difficulties of being a, a middle-aged woman... With various concerns. And more than half of the characters have kids. And so in theory, that's what the movie should have been about. It's actually not. But for a good movie about modern motherhood and the difficulties thereof, you've got to watch Tully. Mm. Tully is the fantastic new film uh, directed by Jason Reitman, written by Diablo Cody. It stars uh, Charlize Theron um, as this mother figure um, married to Ron Livingston. And her rich brother, again, it's rich rich people problems but her rich brother offers to buy her a night nanny who comes in only for the night time mm. um and this causes a lot of anxiety with Charlize Theron um and the, the nanny's played by Mackenzie Davis who's just brilliant right now yeah. you know after um San Junipero Junipero uh Black Mirror and Blade Runner 2049 she's someone to watch yeah and it's, it's all about modern anxieties around motherhood and is brilliant for that. And part of it is just that Shalise Ferron really threw herself into the role and is willing to look like crap mm. <laughs> when she needs to. <laughs> yeah, she looks rough throughout the whole film. Even on the poster, she just looks exasperated, which is something that, you know, never crossed anybody's mind when it came to Charlotte. She's been willing to do that for a long time. She did that with Monster as well. <laughs> just really looks like a serial killer. God bless her. And the other one is about a bunch of women who go to a different country in order to... Um, 
in order to try and find an answer to their problems. And for that, I would like to recommend Morven Collar. Now, when we discussed Lynn Ramsey back in our One Great Thing You Might Have Missed, I hadn't seen Morven Collar and so couldn't really talk about it. I have now seen it and it's amazing. A woman played by Samantha Morton, her boyfriend dies. Uh, kills himself, in fact, in her flat, leaving her a note and an unfinished... No, a finished novel. <laughs> she spends some time milling around. Um, she eventually decides to head off to Spain in order to try and overcome the death, come to terms with things, and even maybe try and sell his novel. Mm. And while she's in Spain, she has these profound experiences with the local people and on her own and uh, in- interacting with sort of consumerist culture and with the authentic Spanish experience. She moves from one space to another and... It's really interesting, and Morton is fantastic. Lynn Ramsey's, of course, a fucking god when it comes to directing, so mm. it's just got everything going for it. So, there. Yeah, a genuinely funny movie about modern life and a genuinely moving film about experiencing different cultures. Excellent. Two things that Sex and the City weren't. <laughs> okay, yeah. that was the one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, I'm going to take a little nap. Why don't you finish the episode? Okay, thanks everyone for listening to episode 81 of One Good Thing. Woo! Yeah! All the pairs, 81. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Tiddly (laughs) T. If you want to get in touch, you can do that. Twitter, Facebook, Gmail. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, OGTPod. Gmail, OGTPod at gmail.com. We're available on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube. So get away from our window! (laughs) Just to go back to a few older announcements my novel dockhead is available on paperback in or on amazon and around amazon so you can do do that uh, it's 5.99 i read it again recently and i must say it's still banging <laughs> uh, we also have o- ogt jingles at ogtpod.bandcamp.com still going for two pound fifty yep. uh, all the all the jingles episodes one to fifty right in your brain box <laughs> and your ear box and a couple of other boxes like, oh. do you know what i mean do yeah. do 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 i like blowjobs <laughs> samantha <laughs> samantha so. fucking love them oh jesus um yes and also you can read oh, my okay. reviews at screen mayhem i just did a really good interview with um nora twomey the director of the breadwinner um i think it came out really well so please head over there to see me uh trying to keep up with someone who's actually accomplished a really extraordinary thing all the links will be in the episode descriptions Yay. so Click away, you lovely bastard. Go down there and have a bit of a click. <laughs> Your mum won't know. All for, to all the Samanthas out there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck me. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about sex and the city too is that two New Zealand blokes are just going to keep fucking doing this until they die. <laughs>